Welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast, where we help you establish yourself in the perfect micro niche so you will get noticed and grow your business faster. And now your host. His membership sites serve hundreds of people from a micro niche that is smaller than 5,000 people worldwide. Zeev Raviv. Hello and welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. Today I have the pleasure to interview Evelyn Weiss. Evelyn has a vast experience in creating funnels, in helping businesses grow through paid advertisement on Facebook. She has 10 years of experience and have created a turnover of $30 million for her clients. And she, in the process of being really good in understanding funnels and ads and advertisement on Facebook, she has started her own business and have went through an entire roller coaster going from making $500,000 a year down to doing 50 and going up all the way to 150 and keep changing and trying to find uh, your own micro niche. Evelyn Weiss, thank you so much for being here. Hi, how are you? Hi, Tiff. Thank you. I'm good. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So first, before we start talking about your journey, I just want to say I... I noticed your expertise on funnels and on, on Facebook ads, but just you know, consuming some of your YouTube channel content and looking through like your posts on Facebook groups that I was uh, a part of. And it was just an immediate click and understanding on my side that, oh man, Evelyn figured out funnels. She really knows her thing. And it was because of your knowledge that We've started to create like a self-liquidating offer that was making us now it's already profitable. It's really amazing how how knowledgeable you are with funnels and, and the 30 million turnover is mind-blowing. Tell me a little bit about what's your point of view with like how do you look back into your own journey and the topic of niching down? Um, so I think it's niching down is something so interesting because in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I didn't intentionally become an entrepreneur. I was studying marketing and one of my professors asked me if I can help him out with some SEO stuff, some Facebook ad stuff. At that time, I was working on the side of the study. So I would study on the weekend, working full-time for a jewelry company that had an online shop. And I would teach everything myself. So I was completely self-taught in online marketing. I had two amazing bosses. They were twins and they just gave me the chance to learn these things. And yeah, when I was studying, I realized that there's a lot of demand for these online marketing things, for Facebook ads. It was kind of new. And because my former bosses allowed me to play with budget and to figure these things out, I somehow became an expert in that and yeah, got hired and then had to found a company to uh, be able to invoice my clients. And it turned into building websites and basically being the online girl for everything and for everyone. So uh, people even asked me how they can connect their printer to the computer. So it was like, this girl knows online tech kind of, and somehow she managed to get us sales. So we want to hire her. And that was back like six years ago now. And I would say it was still a little bit of a different world online. It was not as professionalized as it is these days. And also I want to say my, or my country of origin is Austria. So Compared to the United States, I think um, we're a bit behind when it comes to e-commerce and digital marketing. 
but it was good enough for that time. And somehow I never thought about niching. It was just, I was just doing for others what I was already doing. And while solving problems, I learned more and it, I just kept adding solutions to my repertoire of how I can help people. So this turned then out to be a marketing and yeah, consultancy for, I also did websites and all kinds of stuff. And then one day in, I got offered a share in a project. At that time, I was head of marketing and e-commerce for Austria's biggest non-food wholesaler. So I was also kind of climbing corporate ladder while having my business. It was just flowing really well together. And it was an e-commerce project and it completely exploded. So I thought I found my niche in e-commerce then, but I didn't realize that there's a second layer to niching down. So, so one part of niching down is knowledge and focusing on the problems that you already can solve and just expanding on this repertoire because it's such a natural flow. And once people make progress with you and they trust you, it's natural that more business will come to you. So I was basically, I was never advertising. I didn't have a website. I got so much referrals that I couldn't handle that. And I even outsourced. So I did kind of service arbitrage, did 300 websites in one summer, just outsourcing to a team in India, making a cut. So all kind of crazy things that come with just helping people to solve problems. So it was beautiful. And I never had to worry about finding clients or, or making money. But that that's the problem solution part was already working really well for me without me consciously knowing it. And then there was the second layer that I had overlooked. And this is that if you want to work with people long-term, customers, clients, then you also have to make sure that they are a good fit when it comes to your values and how you want to do business. So I had a major issue with how employees were treated, that the business was seen as just a short-term cash cow. There was no intention of building something that is long-term sustainable. It was just you know, getting profits out of the company as, as soon as possible. And that's not aligned with who I am. I love building something up. I love the community aspect that we had there in the company with the employees. And yeah, it just didn't feel right to, it was almost feeling like exploiting them, although everyone was paid for it, but it just didn't resonate with me. So I took a pay after we lost our biggest client there. I took a payout and I went to Canada and I started over again with an advertising agency specializing in Facebook ads because I really felt like, okay, this is this is what comes naturally to me, the whole messaging part. I really am an expert in that. So that was kind of the low-hanging fruit. But I left my network behind. And without my network and, and the stream, I couldn't find new customers fast. So I made a mistake and I wanted to solve everyone's problem. I wanted to run ads for everyone that wants to run ads. And Facebook ads, of course, evolved also since I started to run them first 10 years ago. And there are so many micro niches now. So you have to be, if you run Facebook ads for a dentist, it's a completely different game than you running Facebook ads for a local restaurant, than you running Facebook ads for e-commerce, or you running ads for a coach, or you running ads for course creators. So there's so many micro niches. And what has become more important than the traffic part is the funnel part. So customer acquisition costs keep rising. And only if you have a good funnel in place that doesn't only focus on the front end, but especially on the back end and helps you to acquire this customer lifetime value fast, I would say within your first half year, you should have a substantial amount acquired. Then it will be really hard for you these days to survive. So that was my biggest mistake was not niching down. And then if you try to appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one. I went into 
price war. I went on the typical platforms to get clients, just undercutting myself, overworking. And if a client would say, oh, and can you also do our social media content? And can you also build our website? And can you also write our emails? I would say, yes, 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 of course. And of course, you're not a specialist in everything. So I was also, you can't be good at everything. So I realized that. And the first thing I thought was it was a problem of the agency. I didn't understand that I had a niching problem. I thought I had the problem that I'm a service provider. So I thought I want to transition into coaching where I can leverage my time a little bit smarter and where I can help people on scale, which you actually can. But if you don't niche down, you end up in the same bucket. <laughs> so just uh, to clarify, you, basically you got to experience getting results on Facebook ads and funnels and you, you've noticed that as Facebook grows and matures as a platform, and these days it's very mature, and it's started to go through like a professionalization phase where people need to be professional to use it, there's like very micro-specific niches in within paid advertisement. And when you say yes to everything, yes, I can build your funnel and write your content and do social media and uh, fix your printer connection, then you don't give a lot of transformations for people. You, you just water down your, your efficiency. And, and when you focus on the stuff that you're really good at, which, which is funnel advertisement for a specific thing, you, you actually provide more value. So what happened mm -hmm. next once you realized that you, you have a niching problem and it's not about the business model of being an agency versus being a, a course creator or, or a coach? What happened next? So to be very honest, I didn't understand at that time that I had a niching problem. I just knew I want to transition into coaching people, but I'm a new coach and I basically don't have any proof. I can show that I'm able to run Facebook ads, but I can't show that I'm able to get people results coaching. So what I did was there was like a little trick that I leveraged, a thing that I kind of discovered when I thought, The first thought that I had was I want to grow a community and an audience around my brand fast. And I realized that the fastest way to grow a community is to have a Facebook group. And then I thought, okay, I want to use my ad skills to grow the group faster. And up until this point, what everyone was doing, and I really think that I disrupted the industry there a little bit, what everyone was doing was they would send people because you can't advertise to a Facebook, to grow a Facebook group directly. They would send people through a bridge page to their Facebook group, which would create cost per group member of $10 to $20. So only if you have a high ticket coaching offer, that really makes sense for your business. But I also didn't feel like I am a high ticket coach yet because I, I strongly believe that you have to be able to deliver on the value and I just didn't have the confidence yet. So I found a much cheaper way and I was getting group members for below $2 using a lead ad approach, everything happening on Facebook. And basically what I did was I created a living case study with the Facebook group, showing people live how I grew it to a thousand members, keep talking about, look, this is what I'm doing here. And now you're all here and now I can show you how this ad thing works. And that was building, that was creating a lot of momentum for me and a lot of trust because I think also because I did it so innocent without knowing the coaching industry so much. I think it was just a refreshing for people to, to see someone walk their talk basically and have this, this proof. You know, I was not out there on, on the Lamborghini telling them, I help you to get to six and seven figures fast. 
I was basically just telling them, if you want to grow a Facebook group, this is how it works. <laughs> so This is uh, very meta. It's like you've created a Facebook group that teaches you how to create a Facebook group through uh, Facebook ads. And then you were doing Facebook ads and showing them what you're doing and growing as a result. And people could go in and see how they can create Facebook groups for relatively low, a low budget. And like, did you, how soon did you know that your system actually works? Very soon. So the first thing I knew is I have to have a strategic lead magnet that just talks to my ideal clients. And my ideal clients were, okay, where am I at this point? Because I can totally understand this person. I'm like, I want to coach people. I want to eventually create a course business and education business, but I have no audience. So <laughs> actually the first thing I did was I tried to use my knowledge of Facebook ads to sell a pre-seller course. And I blew $500 out of the window and I've never experienced something like that because I was so, so confident in my skills. You know, I could press a button and make a couple thousand dollars a day for a client, but I was looking at my ads and I was like, what the heck? This is not, this is not working how the way it should be. So, okay, me troubleshooting, understanding, okay, we need an audience. So what do people need that need an audience? I need a lead magnet. So I created a lead magnet builder template because I knew, okay, I need to create a lead magnet. And then I used the templates that I created as my lead magnet, because I, that was also kind of meta because I knew, okay, this is something I would have bought and needed at this point. So I think it's when niching down, it's always great to ask, what would you have needed at this point? Or what do you need right now? That's so meta. And like your most successful lead magnet was a lead magnet about how to create lead magnets. Mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful. So Tell me a little bit about the numbers when it started. Uh, it to was work. insane. It was insane. It was coaches and course creators from United States and Canada for 34 cents. So, to put that in perspective, in the niche I am in, which is making money online and especially focusing, they joke about the coach coaches. I'm a coach coach. So, they say that $5 leads are great. As I told you, I've seen people in those groups that sell high ticket coaching mainly. They are grateful if they can get a group member for $10. So getting 35 cents per email address and then a, around $1.40 to have a group member, especially in the United States and Canada. And COVID, that was when COVID really hit hard, the market. So the costs started to rise. It was really great. And it also did a cool thing for me. It would season my ad account and anchor my, my quality as really high, which ultimately gave me really low CPMs. So it was really working in my favor also for the conversion ads I would run after. But at that point, I didn't even know, you know, what I was going to sell. I only knew I want to show people that I can solve their problems. And I think that's the way to think. If you genuinely care about people and you genuinely like solving problems, you'll never run out of business. It just starts with this one problem you solve and then there, there's more that you can solve. But you have to kind of know, okay, this is my toolbox. Like, okay, this is like, I'm here to paint the walls. I'm not going to repair the toilet, right? So you kind of have to also be able to say, okay, this is, this is going out of my scope or out of my range. I can give you a basic outline of how I would tackle this, but get yourself an expert. Yeah. But I think if you start with, okay, I'm just solving one problem. And then what other things do my ideal clients bring along my way? It basically becomes this never ending stream of, digital product ideas, course ideas. And eventually once you start to work with clients one-on-one -on -one and you understand where they are and the transformation they're looking for, 
you can start to work on your signature framework. So you started with a group that people can join for free and with a lead magnet that they can download for free. But you're investing into your business on your audience. You're creating this tribe in this group and teaching them how to do it too. And then what was mm-hmm. the point where, how many people did you have in your group when you made your first sale? Around a thousand people. So my goal was also to get a thousand people within the first month. And I was very willing to just put money on the table to get to this point. Because I also, for me, that was like a magical number. It, it's a big case study, if you can say. I went from zero to thousand people. But of course, you also need to monetize it. So everything I've learned during this month. So for example, what kind of content do I need to share that resonates with my audience? which was surprisingly not the knowledge content or component at all. I I realized there that knowledge doesn't create connection. What creates connection is sharing from your genuine experience. And I I wouldn't say being vulnerable, but being open, like being very open and and don't, don't be concerned about what light it sheds on you, kind of, just being speaking your truth. That would be the content that worked really, really well to connect me with my audience. I got the first coaching request within the first week. So that was really interesting. That was going fast. And then after this first month, during this time, I also did the first version of my website. I also updated my whole visuals and those kind of things. I prepared my beta launch and I eventually did a very boiled down version of a launch. I just posted in the group. I got people on the phone. I spoke with 14 people and I had 10 people saying yes to a $997 offer of basically doing the same for them, helping you find this one problem you want to solve, growing your Facebook group around it, nurture people, uh, connect with people, and at the end, make a beta offer. This would work extremely well for my beta clients. For example, Laura, she did 20K in sales in her first month. Julia did 7K euros. Uh, My uh, Beta student Thomas did 4,000 euros in his first month. Uh, Sarah did 7,000 euros. So all around this this term and all would invest around the same amount per ad. So I would say around $1,000 in ads. But if you think about it, it's a four to 20 times royal. So it's good. Laura even did it without ads. She just followed organic strategies. So. And we're talking about something that like repeatedly works for people. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the math, if the cost of each group member was $10, like it is usually, you know, for other Mm -hmm. people, that would have been killing the entire thing. The entire business wouldn't lift off. But because we were able to teach people how to get a Facebook group for an expense that is really reasonable, and if they make 7 or 10K within a month or two, that's really nice. That's like uh, the beginning of an education business or a coaching business. And what happened next uh, to, to you, like that you started to to make money from the group? What was the next mm-hmm. step? I, before I jump into that, I quickly want to say why this was so important for me. When I started this this journey, I also you know looked into some courses and all that, and everyone would tell you you need a high ticket to make this worth your while. And to make that math add up. But I didn't believe in that because I thought there must be smarter ways to reach more people. And this is something I'm still focusing on 
up until this day, because I think it's not fair if we put the risk on the client. We need to grow as a coach first before we can charge a premium on our client. I think that's really important. And I think that resonated with the 90% of the coaches I help are new coaches. And I think this resonates with them as well, because I think that most people that think about starting a coaching business aren't in there for the money as the main motive. They really want to help people and make a living educating and helping. So the money is like a nice side effect, but it comes with that. And that allowed people to do to start the business in a way that is aligned with their values. So they didn't have to do all these things like direct messaging or charging high ticket. They could just vibe their way into it just like I did. So after that, I had a phase of that was working really well. And my first thought was, I want to turn this into a group coaching program once I have refined it. Then I started to have a self-liquidating offer, getting paid to grow my audience. So that that's another strategy. If you can't get down your acquisition costs, you want to have something that contributes to the ad spend. So this is also what's working now in your business really well, <laughs> or that you really optimized. So I think that was great work. And then I kind of lost the track a little bit because I couldn't, I wanted too much. So I wanted to give them everything. And I, I started to, you know, when I was growing and looking to become a better coach, I also, I think it's easy when things don't work immediately or when you are doubtful about yourself to look into what others do. And then it's very easy to lo lose your way. So like after this worked so well for me and before relaunching it, I wanted to make it so much better. And then it got out of hand. It, it got so, the whole idea got so big that I wanted to solve everything. Like I wanted to start solving everything for them and, you know, making them breakfast and bringing their kids to school so they can sit down and relax while coaching. <laughs> almost like that. And yeah, I was doing myself a disservice and, and also people. So then it was kind of falling off a little bit. And I decided that a setting that would, and also the father of my child had to leave the country for six months. So I was alone with the baby and I felt, okay, I, I don't have the resources to create a full unquote group coaching program yet, but I still love to work with people. And I know people they want to stick in my world and be connected with me and they want to pay me something, but I don't have an offer for them. So I started a membership and it was basically just creating a room where people feel entitled to approach me with their problems, if that makes sense. So I was doing a founding member launch and just helping people with the things that I solved and grew it with ads, more people streamed in. What I love about it is the culture is amazing, but I got too broad in my in my content. So again, I was expanding my niche and doing everyone a disservice kind of with that. And what made you realize that? Because uh, it's very hard to say no to yourself when you want to help people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the churn, every time someone, my churn rate is relatively low. So it's overall, it's below 10%, which in my sphere, the, the benchmark, the industry benchmarks are 20%. So I'm cutting that in half, although I consider my beta my membership still a beta. It's still a product in development. And, but everyone that can, so either they went through the funnel and didn't fully realize that this is a membership and what they were buying into. This was a very small amount, like a handful of people. Or they said, I love the group. I love the content, but I'm just overwhelmed. And that was because it wasn't focused around, you're here today. Let me grab your hand. We do just this and just this and just this. So when someone would ask me, you know, I'm thinking about this. What should I do? I would be like, here are your options. 
And instead of saying, you do this, okay? So just, of course, there's so many things you can do, but I should just think, or it helps people more if you just give them one option. And that's probably the one that worked best for you as well. So you transitioned from teaching them everything that you were able to do to teaching the uh, people a more limited set of things, or maybe even like one at a time, that if they do it, they will get the best results and they will not be overwhelmed, kind of. So I think it was a problem of standing my ground as an expert. So for example, when someone says, would come in new and they would say, Evelyn, I want to do a webinar. How should I do this? I wouldn't dare to say to them, you shouldn't start with a webinar. Don't do this. You're not ready. So I didn't want to be harsh. I didn't want to overrule people. So I would give them the best way to, to tweak their way into it, which is not the best guidance sometimes. And that's something I realized you have to be the, the guidance for them and also sometimes tell them you're running in a wrong way. You can't skip this step. I know you want to be faster, but you're going to make a mistake here. So I think that that was something that, that just grew as my confidence grew. And now I'm a little bit more blunt with that, but it's just to protect people from themselves. Yeah, I love it. I, I call it the, like the pointy end of the boots. Uh, I put my, <laughs> my coaching boots on and then it's time to kick some asses and tell people to do things the hard way, not the shortest way. Usually yeah. that's the shortest way. Yeah, the hard way is the short way. Or, yeah. You know, it's not even hard. It's, and I think also some things I realized is sending people back to it's demanding people to do their part in coaching. So, you know, coming from a service provider backend, almost like an employee, I want to say. So when now, when I started to work with coaching clients and even with my members, sometimes the relationship was just, I still felt like a service provider. I didn't play my role as the coach and say, look, I'm doing my part of coaching you, but you also do your part of putting in the work, showing up prepared, going through the things in the portal. So I would have people sending me direct messages in the night. I want to do this and now I want to do that. And can you help me and log into my website? And, and in the beginning, I would do all of that just to realize, because I can look that up in the portal is this person logged in, watched half of the five minute introduction video and never went through the content and now just wants me to go in and fix things that she doesn't understand even why we're doing them. So my role also needs to be to set the expectations better and tell people, look, this is our way here. This is the problem solution. This is how we do things. You do your part. I don't mind. That way we go there faster. And every time I, I'm, I'm doing this with people, they either leave fast, which is good because I'm not answering messages in the night, or they get results fast, which is also good because they're happy and I get success stories. <laughs> Love it. So what is your goal now with this? Uh, like, How are you going to mm. continue the flow of narrowing down what you do or what yeah, you solve? Me so I just set up the whole membership growth path as a project plan. I really want people to dial in the tasks into their calendar and have a daily checklist on what they need to do. So I want to make it much more streamlined in that sense that, that there are no, I think every time the content allows you this room for creativity, it's when people are kind of in the air and they look for shiny objects or quick fix. And this is when they drop out of the way and they, they, it go down a distraction. And so I'm refining the program to be really step-by-step-by-step. By step by step. And I also realized, so I have a light version of my membership. 
which is just $49. And people always say the amount of value is unbelievable. But it doesn't help if there's so much value if people don't implement. It doesn't, it's only valuable if it if you really implement. So the, the issue I found with the light version is that a lot of people take it too light because it's just $49 a month. And it's nice to have at this point. But you know, I can have it running the whole year. It doesn't harm me. And then I have a premium version, which is 197. And there I see the people turning up every week to the coaching calls also requesting my feedback and and doing their work and requesting me to do my part. And that's just such a beautiful journey and such a beautiful community. It's inspiring for everyone. It's motivating and it's, it's really helping the right type of people. So going back to what I said, when, you know, figuring out the niche, I managed a few times and I think now I'm more conscious about it and it wouldn't happen to me again that I'm going out of my micro niche. So it's more the opposite. I want to niche further down. But I also think I understood now the importance of the second part, which is the people need to be a good fit. They need to understand your vision and you want to be in there with them for the long run, getting them the best results and really changing their lives. Love it. Uh, we're, we're kind of running out of time, but uh, I have to ask, uh, there's so much to talk. I have to ask, you have this approach to help people figure out their first lead magnet. Can you talk about mm-hmm. that? Sure. So basically, I want people to brainstorm 10 to 20 problems, and this could be very, very tiny problems that people have in the beginning of their journey. So the problem could be as easy as, I don't know how to write this specific email. So it could be just one email. So, or, you know, what is a good thing? I don't know how, I don't know how to set up my first funnel, my opt-in funnel. I don't know how to, very, very small things that just annoy people and they keep procrastinating with it because they don't have a template. So my idea is that people brainstorm 20 ideas and then sort them by how much pain it does this cause. So how much do people procrastinate with it? And then top down, think about easy solutions that you can provide that will just save people from this creative burden that they have. And it's just one tiny problem that you can communicate fast and it is kind of self-explanatory. So you don't need a long ad copy. Ideally, you just need the visual and nothing else. And those are the lead magnets that get you leads for around 50 cents because, of course, the the costs have risen a little bit on Facebook ads, but those are the winning lead magnets and they go such a long way. If you can, people are happy, you know, everything that stays below $5. If you can acquire a lead for a tenth of that sum, your business can go a long way. And uh, we're talking about a, a resource that you're creating that will be basically delivered through an email after they opt in through the lead, mm-hmm. f- through a campaign that is a, like a lead gen campaign in, for, on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nice. And it's quite interesting how people from so many different micro niches uh, that are in your pro account, your pro membership for 197, were able to use this process and launch their first lead magnet and not a long time after that launch either a beta or a tripwire and people show up and show the results and it's just very, very yummy. Any uh, word of advice that you want to share from your experience to uh, people that are listening to this and are trying to find their own micro niche like you? It seems like when you went into the micro niche of helping people with what you do best at the beginning, 
it was growing your Facebook group. And then nowadays it's about doing the things in the right order to <laughs> leverage a Facebook group and a lead gen campaigns into you know, a business that actually uh, make money and is profitable. What are, is your uh, word of advice to an entrepreneur that starts his, their journey? Mm-hmm. I think focusing on two types of things. The first thing is showing up authentically and sharing what you're thinking about and what you're working on. As often as you can, ideally every day on your Facebook or on your Instagram, just you can talk for half a minute into the camera. Just being when you're sick and when you're not feeling it, just show up anyway, just share it anyway. So just be there and document your journey, be the living case study. And it's also okay if it's not always shiny and glamour and glitter and success stories. That will often connect you much more with your audience and with people and, and clients. And the second thing is giving others what you've created for yourself. So now we just talked about the lead magnet and the tripwire products or self-liquidating offers. You probably have already a gold mine laying on your desktop because it's things that you've created for yourself in the past. Review the things you've put time in to make things easier for yourself. Processes you created, checklists you created, emails you've written in the past that worked really well. So there is a gold mine of your creativeness that lays around there and that it would be very, very valuable to others because it just saves them time. Love it. Evelyn Weiss, where can people go to learn more about what you do? Ideally, they go to successfulcoachads.com or they find me on Facebook and send me a friend request. So I love to connect with people in in that sense. Just don't send me a DM (laughs) pitching me your group program after you might be exposed on my Instagram. Uh, well, you, people can also find uh, your YouTube channel and learn yeah. a lot from that. So we'll put a link to your YouTube channel on the show notes at dailycookie.co. Evelyn Weiss, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story with us. It's very inspiring and it's amazing to be around you and, and be get the opportunity to ask you questions about like you just show Evelyn a funnel and she knows exactly how to optimize it. So... Thank you so much for being Thank here you, and see you guys next week on the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. This show was brought to you by dailycookie.co, where you can finally feel supported. Daily email love, now delegatable. Visit dailycookie.co for a collection of free resources on how to use copywriting and daily emails to grow your micro niche business today.